And if you like a little bit of history, we have a treat for you. Going back, way back, uh, Sally Lucas is taking us to Egypt. Time to talk travel. Sally Lucas, Egypt. Yeah, there's lots of history and lots of uh, wonderful stories and wonderful mm. costumes and yeah, and, and just buildings. The, the the old Egypt just is fascinating. I think when I was growing up and I was talking to, to Mark off here, he was the same. Like it always just held that fascination, and I would try and grab any books I could read, even you know into the novels of Wilbur Smith that was you know, wrote such a lot about Egypt that were fascinating. And the other area I loved was the Incas. I was fascinated as a young girl, and Dad had these leather-bound books all about the Incas, and I found cause these sort of you know they disappear, and I guess we might disappear one day as well as our well, civilization so. you know, disappear. <laughs> yes. But I thought it, it is such a, an interesting place. I mean, they're still discovering tombs. You know, it's just amazing. Yeah, that is an amazing thing, isn't, isn't it? it? Oh, and you think how advanced sands. they yeah. were back then, you know, with their use of plumbing and everything. And then it, it all lost and we all went backwards a million miles an hour before we came forward again and progressed. <laughs> so it's, yeah, interesting. But I thought this is just... Um, we all know that the places that you visit in Egypt that are the most obvious, of course, which are your great pyramids of Giza, the Sphinx, etc. But there are other um, iconic sites that are considered a must-see on any trip to Egypt, and even though some of them mightn't be as well known. So these have been recommended by, by experts um, of places that you should try and see if you haven't already got it included in your itinerary. So one is the tomb of Nefertari, and that's the final resting place of the wife of Ramses II. And it was discovered in 1904 by an Italian archaeologist, Ernesto Schiaparelli, and the tombs adorned with many intricate paintings that surpass, they say, many other pharaonic works of art in their beauty and sophistication. And with special permission, you can walk through the multiple chambers there and you'll follow her story of her journey to the underworld where she was united with Osiris. Um, and, they, and they said it's just absolutely brilliant hieroglyphics and it's so vivid and fresh as if it was painted yesterday. That's astounding. Isn't it? That they had that quality. Of years. And I guess they must have been so um, airtight, as, you know, again, their knowledge to make it so airtight that they wouldn't degrade. You know, it's really so interesting, isn't it? I think just fascinating. Now, the other one is the relief of Akhenaten at the Egyptian Museum. Now, this is a depiction of the pharaoh, formerly known as Amenhotep IV, and it represents one of the most significant turning points in Egyptian art and culture. So when his rule began in 1353 BCE, he not only changed his name to Akhenaten, which is a nod to the sun god Aten, but he ushered in a new form of art, which was more fluid and it had more natural-looking portrayals of people rather than the unrealistic human proportions and rigidity that was displayed previously. And there was a new um, emphasis on familial affection. So he was shown as a kind of father actively playing with his children. And was a very kind father, so I say. Much of the art was destroyed from this period when they rapidly sh shifted back to the traditional ways after his death. But there's a few uh, uh, surviving artefacts, and this one is one of them. And they said it's just unbelievable to look at this. It's in like a, a bas-relief uh, style. So that, that's very interesting as well. The other thing just to do is something 
lovely to do is to go to the old Cataract Hotel if you're in Aswan. And the view from there is just considered epic. So people that have done that little uh, view from there is Winston Churchill, Agatha Christie, Princess Di, Howard Carter, just a few of the legendary guests who've checked in at the old hotel there. And it's perched on a pink granite cliff in the Nubian Desert. But it's the view that takes you away. So you can sit on this elegant terrace to enjoy high tea or sunset cocktails. And then you just look at the most panoramic sea, uh, scenes of the Nile, complete with rocky islands and feluccas sailing by. And then on the opposite uh, riverbank, you've got your desert mountains rising. So imagine sitting there around sunset or even as the moon came up. You know, that would be just absolutely something spectacular to experience. Sally Lucas, we are in the the country that is revealing more and more of its past history, its civilization, and that is Egypt. It certainly is, Jane, and I think it was only in the recent couple of weeks, hasn't it? They've unearthed or well, we've found out about there's another tomb being discovered, which is just remarkable when you think how many years ago we're talking about. So with good old King Tut, I thought we can talk about him. And if you've been to Egypt, you might have seen the treasures of him in a museum, but you can actually now see his mummy in the tomb where it was discovered nearly 100 years ago. So with special access, you can go down into the burial chamber to see the final resting place of the youngest pharaoh to ever rule Egypt. And his body once sat in a series of nested containers, including three golden coffins and a granite sarcophagus. But today it's uh, protected by a climate-controlled glass box. Of course, they want to make sure, don't they? You might as well use the science and the technology. Yes, exactly. So in 2019, it it took up until then for a decade-long restoration to be finally completed so that you can see the crypt, the only ancient Egyptian royal tomb ever found intact. So it's been returned to its ancient splendour. So that is something very special as well. Um, Now, the other thing that's quite interesting, or the other um, monument, is the unfinished obelisk at Aswan. And they say if you want to have a close-up insight into the genius of Egyptian engineering, that look no further than this obelisk, even though it's uncompleted, 3,500 years old, and it lies in the bed of Aswan's famous pink granite at 137 feet high and almost 1,200 tonnes. So Mm -hmm. if completed, it would have been one-third larger than any previously erected monument of its kind. But unfortunately, the goal that they had led, they think, to the huge crack that left the obelisk forever abandoned in the quarry. So it never actually got completed. So now it's just an open-air museum, but it it just sheds light on the tremendous effort and sophisticated techniques that went into carving and transporting these mammoth structures. It's just really quite unbelievable, isn't it? Even you know, when we think of Stonehenge or you look at all sorts of other things, you think, how did they do it? How did they move those stones? How did they build the pyramids, you know? A lot of men must have died, obviously, doing a lot of this stuff because all it could have been done was by physical yeah, la- labour. Yeah, yeah, hand tools. Yeah, which is just amazing. Yeah, so anyway, if you're thinking of heading to Egypt, just while we're on that subject, um, there's a beautiful new vessel doing a cruise of the Nile incorporating some of these things if you're wanting to go down that path when you eventually start travelling again. And it's a lovely um, 11-day itinerary that departs from Cairo and takes you all the way down as far as Abu Simbel, Aswan, Komumbo, Edfu, Esna, Luxor, uh, Dendera, etc. And it's 
wonderful inclusions. It's a beautiful new vessel that's sailing the Nile. They do have 2022 and 2023 departures listed at the moment for hopefully when all things happen. So from the 24th of September through to the 3rd of December next year and then 23 uh, from January through to um, March and again they block off, they don't operate in the summer months because you, you just don't go to Egypt obviously which is our winter, it's just you, you, know, you don't you go di- there in the summer No, you dive their summer, their summer you, you dive heat stroke, you really would and then they go again from September through to December the following year of 2023 so it, these are lovely times to go particularly December, January if you feel like you'd like to you know, have have a different sort of holiday and experience all those wonderful, you know, interesting history of, of um, Egypt. It has so much to offer and let's just hope we can all get back there again soon and uh, experience that wonderful country. I've always thought the Nile is a very interesting area because it is in the middle of the desert, but yes. there is the green verge where the water from the Nile is being yes. used. Yes, isn't it funny? The- yeah, and I think as we've discussed over many years, Jane, to go down the river anywhere is so fascinating because that's how people lived initially. They all lived around the rivers, you know, because that was their oasis. That was their source of water for themselves to bathe, to wash, to grow their plants. To travel even. To travel, yeah, before there was anything with wheels invented and Mm. so on. But, Mm. yeah, so rivers I find are fascinating. To me, I find them more interesting than ocean. Ocean, however, is wonderful if you just want to experience the wildness of nature and the sea. But if you're looking at visually seeing something, you're always seeing something all the time along a river. And I guess that's your difference. But, Absolutely. And everyone has their own version of which they prefer to do, and that's all fine. Your station two and your RFM. We're talking travel and Sally Lucas time to see what's around on the hot deals shelf in the current travel marketplace. Okay, Jane, well, we were talking today about Egypt. And as I said, there is that lovely cruise available if you wanted to pre-register for that. They're all offering low deposits, very flexible cancellation policies, etc. So just consider that if you're thinking of Egypt. But also Club Med at the moment has brought out an offer if you book through your travel agent from now through to the 27th of January, you're getting what they call a pre-register early bird deal that you'll get the best price and the best date to suit your holiday destination because they're not opening 22 November 22 to April 23 until the 27th of January for open public ad- ad- advertising. So if you want to do that, you can save 30% off, which is huge. Now, this is available on all their ski packages course obviously November to April that's sort of that time in the Americas and in Europe and they have quite a number of them and the good thing about it is as you know Jane a lot of ski holidays are expensive and so on but when you go to Club Med the benefit is you're not putting your hand in your pocket so once you've paid for that holiday it's it's everything with a few exceptions of occasional activities that may not be included that are more expensive like helicopter flight or something outside the resort but like all your meals are you know, it's it's good food. It's premium dining, all premium bar all day as well. They always have kids activities and kids clubs to suit ages from around about four to seventeen, and it does depend on where the club is as to what they're covered for. Um, so, and you get with the skiing, you actually get ski and snowboard lessons, your lift passes, 
included, but they're also offering the same deal with the 30% off and the same booking period for their what they call their sun packages or you know, going to some of the islands, whether it be the Seychelles or whether it be you know in the Caribbean or etc. So that is a really good deal. I mean, 30% is a big saving. And I mean, I know we're looking a long way ahead, but we still don't know when everyone's going to feel you know, safe in their own way of travelling again. So I think it's good to have this option. Again, they've done the same. They've got very flexible um, conditions attached to it as well, the low deposit, and they've also introduced a special insurance policy to cover COVID as well. So just check with your travel agent for details, but I think that's an exceptionally good offer. Um, Also, Uniworld has decided they're going to do In May 2023, you can set sail on what they're calling their inaugural Rivers of the World cruise. So this is a brand new itinerary, um, but they want you to wait list. It's already sold out for 2023, but you can plan ahead for 2024. You have to pay a $1,400 per person deposit that is fully refundable. And it's 46 nights where they're taking you through nine countries on five different super ships. So, again, one of them is in Egypt, is one of, one of the itineraries you can do, which is 11 days. One doing Switzerland and Italy for 11 days. One doing Austria, Hungary and Germany for seven days. One doing uh, Paris, France, uh, Joie de Vivre for seven days. Portugal and Spain for 11 days. Isn't that interesting? I think that's a fascinating way. Again, you're on rivers, so you're going to be seeing so much. And so, yeah, I thought... Some interesting things coming out and about for us to do in the years ahead. It sounds excellent. And thank you for updating us on that, Sally Lucas. That's okay, Jane. And we will talk travel again next week, and that'll be our last, last one, one for the year. I can't so. believe that. Where has this year gone? Ah, well, we know. <laughs> we do know, but I didn't think it would go as quickly as it would, I must say. And it has. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.